Good afternoon, folks. Saturday afternoon. Welcome again to The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. This is your host, Sam DeMarco. As usual, here joined in studio by my trusty executive director, John Schneider, and dazzling Daryl Grandy, the producer who makes all of the magic happen. Daryl and John, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Sam, before we go any further here, we got some feedback on our radio show. We got some emails from some of our listeners. I believe you received it as well, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, I, I printed a copy of this and just wanted to share it with us No, here. no, no, not at all, because this is the most words you've spoken well, since we you. had this show. <laughs> well, thank so thank you, Sam. you go well, right ahead. Well, no, I was excited to hear this. Yes, I was excited yes. we got this email. David from Richland Township writes, The weekly radio show, The Elephant in the Room, is the best thing the party has done in decades. I'm 85. I set an alarm to be sure I listened to WJS on Saturday. I'm very encouraged. It's been a long time. I will donate. So thank you, David from Richland, for sending us that message. David, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, I, I hope setting the alarm to get up for the show means you're taking a nap, okay? <laughs> but, but no, listen, again, I, I want to thank all of our listeners who tune into the show and uh, you know listen to us. We're trying to take and use this as a vehicle to be able to share information with you that you might not be getting other places. And that brings me to my opening monologue today. I am fired up. If you've watched the news this past week, you've seen a lot of news regarding Allegheny County Council, Schumann Center, and things of that nature. Let me tell you, um, you, I'm sure you all know, because crime is in the news every single day. We turn on the newspaper, or excuse me, we turn on the television, turn on the radio, we open the newspaper, and, and there it is hitting us square in the face, some criminal acts, and I mean, bad things, you know, homicides, attempted homicides, rapes, things of that nature, all occurring in our community today. You know how the problems that we've had in downtown Pittsburgh, you know the problems we had in Southside, where last year alone they had 93 shootings in just the Southside Flats neighborhood alone last year. So public safety is an issue. So... (laughs) In back in the summer of 2021, Pennsylvania State, the Commonwealth, took and revoked the license of Allegheny County to operate Schumann Center, which is a juvenile detention facility located out in, off of Highland Drive. So uh, that closed, and at the time, I spoke to the administration, and they assured me it wasn't going to be a problem because they said <clears throat> that there were only 12 kids in there when the uh, center was closed, and that we had access to 14 beds that were provided for detention purposes with Adelphoi, which is a company that does this, uh, and, and they do this in over 60 counties you know, across the Commonwealth. But what we've seen over the past couple of years is those 14 beds are not enough. It's brought a number of challenges. One, because they're in other counties, and actually one of their facilities is in Ohio, That requires our law enforcement officers to leave their municipality and take these kids to these other counties or these other states, taking them out of patrol in their jurisdictions or in their municipality for hours, hours at a time, thereby leaving that municipality short-staffed and jeopardizing public safety there. Secondly, it doesn't benefit the youth that have been arrested and are being detained because now they are far away from home where their family may not have the ability 
to access them and see them and work with them. Now, third, a huge problem has been the fact that we only had those 14 beds. So juveniles that have been arrested here in Allegheny County over the past two years, many of them, because there's nowhere for them to go, they are released right back into the custody of their parents or back onto the streets. And that's led to some tragic circumstances. We had one last year where a young man, 14 years old, I believe, was arrested, sent home with an ankle bracelet, and then took a, grabbed a gun and went right back out within hours and shot and killed another juvenile. I could go on and on about these cases. You'll hear the proponents of Schumann Center not reopening. They'll talk often. They'll talk about our kids, our children. Let me tell you a little bit about our kids and our children. There are currently, or there were the last time I checked, 22 juveniles in the Allegheny County Jail. Eight of them are in there for, or charged with criminal homicide. One's in there with attempted criminal homicide. One's in there for rape and uh, involuntary sexual intercourse. Uh, the rest are in there for aggravated assault with firearms and robberies. These are the children that these folks not wanting Schumann Center to reopen are out there talking about. So what happens here? The courts recognize there's a need. President Judge Kimberly Clark, the president judge of Allegheny County Common Police Court, comes before us and tells Allegheny County Council, both in a meeting that was conducted on August 29th, she expressed the critical need for this facility to open and how they needed to have some place to detain these kids. Because right now, these juveniles that are being picked up, they are completely dismissive of authority of the police. And a matter of fact, right directly to the faces of the judges, they'll laugh at them and tell them, yeah, okay, fine, do whatever, because I know I'm going to be out in hours because we have no place to put them. So on August 29th, Judge Kimberly Clark came before the members of county council in an information session prior to the public meeting where she explained how critical it was that we take and open this facility and where her assistant, Chris Connors, answered a question from one of my council colleagues and said that, yes, they were going to go with a private contractor here, one that had a lot of experience in this field and was known to try to, to, to have some success in the field of restorative justice. So that happened on August 29th. So you can imagine my surprise to see members of Allegheny County Council last Friday introducing in the Post-Gazette an article talking about how they were going to sue Allegheny County and the county executive in the courts because they were blindsided. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Uh, they had to have their ears plugged or their eyes closed if they were blindsided by anything because the folks that attended the information session, they knew. Now, I can tell you that one of the members, the most outspoken member, didn't bother to show up for the information session. That's on her. But the president of council was there. He knew. He was there. He knows what was discussed, and he knew what was going to happen. So <clears throat> the other night, Tuesday night, council takes a vote. They have a motion to allow the county solicitor to sue these folks because they claim that county council has to approve of this. I voted no because I disagree. In the charter, outlining the roles and responsibilities of the members of Allegheny County Council, it says that we are responsible for passing and operating a capital budget, 
that we are responsible for levying all taxes and fees, that we are responsible for passing legislation initiated by the county executive, members of council, or the citizens through referendum. It also says that we oversee county real estate. Now, what comes before county council when we approve the use of real estate is the use of real estate by third-party actors. So if a movie company wants to use the courthouse or if the Boy Scouts want to rent or use one of the facilities in our parks or if Picklesburg wants to hold an event and we have to close down a bridge, we approve those. But we have never, never have had to approve the use of a facility for government purposes by another government entity. And to be clear, it is the courts that oversee the criminal justice system. It is the courts that demand a juvenile detention center because they need to have some place to direct these kids so that we can remove them from the circumstances that they are in, which may have led to their violent acts in the first place. But in the pro-criminal agenda of some on Allegheny County Council, that doesn't sit well with them, and they want to take and use every opportunity to take and try to stop this. So this is really an attempt to take and prevent the reopening of Schumann Center under the guise of, oh, no, this is about the real estate. I was interviewed yesterday by WPXI as well as, as, well as my county colleague, uh, Bethany Hallam, who talked about, oh, the contract says we're going to give $73 million to this company. She said, we have this in the bank to give them. And just think what we, be, we would be able to do with this if we thought about other ways to try to help these kids. First of all, she doesn't understand. A five-year contract does not mean you have $73 million sitting in the bank. We'll be paying these folks annually, okay? Uh, and, and it may be even monthly, but it's certainly not at one time, okay? Secondly, I'm all for anybody investigating all kinds of other options to try to find out, you know, what might possibly be able to help and address the needs of some of these kids. But we need a juvenile detention center right now. Government has no higher role, no higher calling than to protect the safety and security of its citizens. And we are failing to do this. And there are members of county council who are taking and jeopardizing the public safety of the people in Allegheny County by opposing this. And to be clear, you, the listeners, the voters of Allegheny County, you need to hold them all accountable not just the ones who are sponsoring this legislation, but the ones that are voting for it. You can't allow those folks, just because they're not in the newspaper, off the hook, because they're the ones casting votes that allows this to go forward. Now, I said something that some folks might think is inflammatory. I said that Allegheny County Council has a pro-criminal agenda that's being advanced by some. I stand by that. And let me walk you through where I'm going or where I'm coming from. From the moment some of these colleagues were elected back in 2019, an assault on law enforcement and their techniques and things have taken place. They passed a previously rejected Independent Police Review Board bill here on Allegheny County Council. Now, when they passed it, it might sound good, right? We want to take and we want to have civilian oversight over the police to investigate complaints and things like that. Hey, I'm 
I agree with that. We have civilian oversight over our police departments in Allegheny County. It's called the mayor, the county executive. It's called the mayor, the commissioners, the supervisors, and all of our municipal jurisdictions. <clears throat> but I took and offered an amendment to bring that bill, that board in line with what the city has. My amendment said that you can't serve on that board if you're a convicted felon. They voted against it. They voted to allow convicted felons and illegal immigrants to serve on a board reviewing our law enforcement officers. That was one. They offered a bill where they wanted to ban the use of non-lethal munitions in Allegheny County. Now think about that. They wanted to ban the use of pepper spray. They wanted to ban the use of uh, rubber bullets. They wanted to ban the use of bean bags. They wanted to ban the use of flashbang grenades. All these things that are non-lethal, they wanted to ban the use and prevent any law enforcement department in Allegheny County from being able to use this. Now think of the stupidity of that because all you're leaving law enforcement with then afterwards is lethal munitions. Thankfully, you know, we were able to stop that. Then their next foray into this was they wanted to take and ban the use of no-knock warrants in Pennsylvania or in Allegheny County. Well, never mind that in the law, they are illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. So we don't conduct no-knock warrants here in Allegheny County, absent exigent circumstances. But they wanted to ban those. So then my colleague, Ms. Hallam, takes the referendum a question where it was so complicated the voters didn't understand it. What they did was they used solitary confinement and claimed that there was abuse of the use of solitary confinement taking place at the Allegheny County Jail. So they put on the referendum asking folks to be able to uh, take and, and, and change the charter to say that that could no longer be used. Well, in the fine print and the details, which wasn't on the ballot question that you saw at the polls, <clears throat> they'd also banned the use of OC spray, pepper spray. It banned the use of restraint chairs. You know, these are things that even their own experts, the expert that Controller Chelsea Wagner brought in for a jail oversight board hearing, admitted that those are considered tools for best practices and correction facilities. So now what you've done by taking away the tolls, the only other thing you've left these folks with is our correction officers to have to physically, physically engage with inmates and folks at the jail. So that's not enough, okay? Uh, <clears throat> that did pass, and I'm looking at potentially offering legislation, hoping to at least repeal part of that to restore the, the ability to use those tolls to our corrections officers at the jail for the protection of both our inmates and the officers themselves. So then they continue to move forward. Also, there was a bill on county council's agenda Tuesday night that got pulled. But that bill, that bill, she had proposed that they have what they called parity, she called, between the funding of the district attorney's office and the public defender's office. Now, in the county council budget and finance hearing, I took and explained patiently to my colleagues that the district attorney's office has to prosecute all of the cases. The public defender's office only prosecutes 53% of the cases. I explained that the salary in Allegheny County is equal to the first-year public defender 
and a first-year district attorney make the exact same money, I explained that the public defender's office, because it's located in the county office building, doesn't have any real estate costs, but yet the district attorney's office, because it's located also in the Frick building, as well as out in Dormont where grand juries are sat and things of that nature, as well as elsewhere, you know, has real estate costs. I brought up the fact that there were more attorneys in the district attorney's office. I brought up the fact that the district attorney's office has a whole host of investigators that are tasked with going out and investigating and putting the facts together regarding a case, which is then shared with the public defender's office of the defense. I shared that over the last 12 years, the increase between the public defender's office and the excuse me, the district attorney's office was both at 55%, 55% change. I brought up the fact that on an annual basis, they both increased the annual budgets at a rate of about 4.5, 4.61%. So you explain all this, and then what happens? The regular suspects, the folks who enable this pro-criminal agenda on county council, they vote to pass that. Now, you know, I haven't told you that if that thing passed through the full council, could lead to an additional, that would take and mean that we would have to take and give the public defender's office an additional $11 million a year, which isn't creating parity, but is creating an imbalance in favor of the criminal because you're doubling the amount per case that they would have versus what the district attorney's office and the assistant district attorneys would have. Folks, you know, they talk about, I, mean, I don't know how many people have seen Frank Luntz and you talk about the language and you heard, you've heard probably you controls the language, controls the you know, dialogue here, which is obvious. But that's really what they're trying to do. You know, as we look at crime exploding throughout this region, we have a candidate, a George Soros-funded public defender running for district attorney here in Allegheny County. And folks are saying, oh, you know, hey, what's the big deal? You guys are making such a big deal about this. You know, he's not going to report directly to George Soros. Well, I can tell you, folks, these PACs, before they give you money, they talk to the candidates. And if you look at across this country, whether it be Portland, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, St. Louis, Oakland, California, New York, Baltimore, Philadelphia, everywhere that there is a Soros prosecutor, public safety has gone to hell. I don't want to see that happen here. I don't believe you want to see it happen here. But if we're not going to allow it to happen here, we need to do something about it. And that means you folks need to come out and vote on November 7th. And if you're not sure, if you're not certain, if you're not committed to being there, I urge you to apply for a mail-in or absentee ballot and to vote from the comfort of your own home sooner. Folks, this is serious. No one pays attention to, like, county council. Because, you know, hey, that's just some something on the news. But I can tell you there's an agenda there. And, and what's happened is some of the folks on there who may not necessarily believe 100% of that agenda are also cowed by those that are pushing it and terrified of being primaried or having an opponent in an election. You know, in Allegheny County Council, is a part-time role. The stipend for that is only $10,939 a year for all of the meetings and everything that you do to attend. So why anyone would be afraid 
to do the right thing, to do the right thing by the people of Allegheny County is beyond me. Listeners, I'm telling you, you need to hold those folks accountable. This year, there are a number of folks that are on the ballot. I urge you to go to the polls, vote appropriately, and send these folks a message that you are not going to have the safety of you and your family toyed with by those wishing to push progressive and other failed ideas. So now that I got that off my chest, I can take a deep breath and welcome our guest today, and that's candidate for Pennsylvania Supreme Court on the Republican ticket, Judge Carolyn Carluccio. Carolyn is the president judge in Montgomery County and has, well, I'm going to let her tell you about her background there because I'm a little worn out here, but hey, Carolyn, thank you for coming today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. Sam, it's certainly my pleasure to be here, and that was a great intro. Well, thank you. Thank you. appreciate it. So, you know, Carolyn, you are in the midst of a bitter, bitter fight. Democrats have pulled out all the plugs, all the stops. They're coming after you in this typical Democrat fashion. You know they're terrified when they open up their Pandora's box and start pulling out the smears and the false accusations. And, you know, it's like, hey, listen— you know, uh, we've all seen when you go to a professional photographer and they take a picture of you and they show you it in different with different filters, you know, how, how, how you look in different things. But but nobody likes to see their face smeared across television with these black and white photos while these false accusations are leveled. So how are you holding up under all this? I'll tell you what, Sam, I feel really good. I'm not letting that bother me. I know I am doing the right thing. You talked about that a little bit earlier. I do the right thing every time. I was raised that way, and I will always do the right thing. And right now, I know the right thing is for me to be running for this position. We need judges who are willing to do the right thing every time, which is to follow the law, to do what's just, to have justice is blind and unbiased. And it's so important that we understand our justices need to understand their role in our three branches of government. And we need to have judges who are not afraid to follow the law, even when they may not like it and may not be popular. And that's the person I am. Well, and, and that's why we're very happy to support you and uh, you know, doing everything we possibly can to help elect you on November 7th. I mean, one of the the points that's been made here is since 2015, Democrats have enjoyed a five to two advantage on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. This has led to a number of decisions, which many conservatives and independents and just other onlookers, you know, believe are unfair that go back to the redistricting case of the congressional redistricting back in 2018. It goes back to the redistricting here they did in 2021. It goes back to the rulings they did in 2020 during the election. I mean, folks, listen to this. <clears throat> you know, back in the 2020 election, Nicole Ziccarelli was running for 45th state senatorial district seat. She received, when all legal ballots, and by legal I mean ballots that had met the standards as outlined by the state legislature in the Bill Act 77, and as outlined by the Secretary of the State, who oversees elections here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Kathy Bachvar, who had said on September 28th of 2020, that ballots lacking a written date were not to be counted. Well, you know, after going through all the courts, it gets to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and they roll, and this is unbelievable, but Supreme Court Justice uh, Wecht, David Wecht, rolls that, hey, I'm going to make a special case here. I'm going to let those stand in this case because that elects a Democrat, you know, senator, incumbent, uh, reelects him. 
but I won't allow them to count in the future. This is what we're up against, folks. Democrats look at the courts and elections as a win-win, okay? Because they know if a Republican wins, the Republican's going to rule by the law, so they're going to be okay anyway. If their progressive wins, then they're going to have somebody that's going to make law, attempt to make law from the bench, so they're going to win there as well. So to them, this is a win-win, but it's us, the people, that lose because the left is using the courts today to advance an agenda that they can't get passed in the legislature because the legislature is represented by you, and your legislators are supposed to listen to you. Folks, this is why we have a, a, a huge problem, and I'm going to be happy to talk about this more with Carolyn when we come back right after the break. Folks, you're listening to WJAS 1320 AM and the elephant in the room. Sam DeMarco will be right back after the break. Folks, welcome back to the show. This is Sam DeMarco here for the elephant in the room on WJAS 1320 AM, joined in studio by my special guest, Judge Carolyn Carluccio, President Judge of Montgomery County, the Common Pleas Court, who is running for Pennsylvania Supreme Court. But Carolyn, in the last segment, we were talking about how bitter this race is and how the Democrats or the left has come out and is pulling out all stops here, putting slanderous, misleading ads, you know, out there, okay? And again, I ask you how you feel about that, but how are we going to respond? Well, I'll tell you, what's what's fascinated me, Sam, is how when I say that I'm going to follow the law and not be an activist judge, that has set my opponents mm-hmm. off. It's That's all I've said. I've been consistent throughout that I will follow the law. And it's pretty clear what the law in Pennsylvania is. And I'm not going to deviate for that. And I think it's important that we get out there that what an activist judge really is and what they can accomplish. Well, and I think that's what folks need to understand. I mean, your opponent has been quoted, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but that the courts are one of the greatest mechanisms for social change, okay? That's not what the courts are designed for. Think about that, folks. Here's a guy, you know, Dan McCaffrey, judge in Philadelphia, who's running for the Pennsylvania uh, Supreme Court, who is coming out and admitting that he's looking to rule using the courts to affect social change. Now, that appeals to the left because, as I said in the last segment, they use the courts to get things done that they can't pass through the legislature. But that's not what any of us should want in a judge. A judge is supposed to rule on the law as it exists because otherwise, how do we know how to behave or conduct ourselves? We go by the letter of the law. And if someone's not going to rule according to that, that represents a problem. So, you know, one of the things, Carolyn, I guess I'm here, you know, fumbling. One of the things here has been that we've explained that in 2015, Democrats bought the Pennsylvania Supreme Court when Johnny Dock, the head of the Electrical Workers Union in Philadelphia, you know, donated millions of dollars to the campaign for the Supreme Court justices because his brother, Kevin Daugherty, was on the ballot. Since then, the Democrats have enjoyed this large majority and we're playing catch up here, you know, ever since. Now, if we don't elect you to at least bring this back to a four to three balance, Republicans will not have a chance to be able to regain the court before 2035. That's right, Sam. Well, and that's how critical this is. I mean, you know, look, you know, they say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You know, penny wise, a pound foolish. You heard folks talk about not leaving anything on the field. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just over six weeks before this critical election is going to take place. Mail-in ballots in Allegheny County 
are going to start going out here next weekend around October 6th or 7th. We need to use these next 30 days, those next six weeks, we need to pull out all the stops and do absolutely everything we can, leaving nothing on the field, to take and elect Carolyn Carluccio and our other appellate court candidates to office, as well as our local county executive race, DA race, all of our role offices and county council races, as well as your local school boards and municipal offices. Every single race is important, and that's why it's important that you vote. Since this show started, how many months ago? I don't know, Daryl, what, 18 months ago? May of 2022. Since this show started, you've heard me preach about the need for us to use mail-in ballots. Now, I'm not saying that if you're somebody that votes in every single election that you need to change. But I'm saying we need to take and we need to get low-propensity and mid-propensity Republican voters who don't vote in every election to vote in this one and to vote in the future ones because we can't afford to have our judicial candidates wake up on Election Day and be 500,000 votes down. Sam, this is something we've certainly learned over the years is that in these elections, people are reluctant to vote, particularly for judges. And they use the excuse that a judge doesn't impact me. Well, if you vote, if you have a business, if you pay taxes, judges impact you. If you breathe air that you're, you know, where you're living, they impact you. So it's important to get that message out. Secondly, it's important for them to understand that if those listeners who believe in conservative values vote, and if you're all voting, we can win these races. But without that help, it's going to be an uphill battle. It already is. And it just could not be more imperative today. Well, thank you for sharing that because, again, folks don't think about these things. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They'll complain endlessly. And that's what I'm trying to take and save them from. Okay. They also said they don't know the judges. And I want to say to your listeners, you tune in to this Elephant in the Room radio station, and you're getting to know these judges. And please tell your friends, I've listened to this judge speak. I understand where they're coming from, and I think they reflect my values. Please go out and share share your, your passion for this. Let's get everybody out there voting. Right. Now, I want to talk about an issue here, a hot-button issue that folks will talk about. That's abortion. When the Supreme Pennsylvania, excuse me, when the U.S. Supreme Court came down with the Dobbs decision last year, Democrats jumped all over that to use that as a wedge issue in the midterm elections. And some folks blame that as one of the reasons why the Republican uh, predicted red wave didn't materialize. Other folks will point to the fact that you know, some of the candidates that have been endorsed by previous pres- former President Trump, who uh, <clears throat> believed and endorsed what they what the left calls the conspiracy theories about the 2020 election. That was the reason that these folks were rejected. But Democrats are jumping all over this in regards to trying to attack Judge Carolyn Carluccio. And, and, and I think what you've heard from her is her state that the facts are clear. She will rule according to the law. You know, and the law is currently that there is access to abortion through 24 weeks, you know, and with exceptions here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But that's the only thing they have to go against her because she's an extremely well-viewed judge, having been elected as a president judge, you know, in Montgomery County by both Republicans and Democrats alike. You know, highly endorsed by the Pennsylvania Bar Association, or highly recommended, I should say, by the Pennsylvania Bar Association. So what do they have? You know, this is the issue that they're running commercials and trying to scare folks into thinking 
might be at risk. And, and to me, it's absolutely shameful. You know, I want to commend you, uh, Carolyn, for your behavior in this election. You know, you, you're, you haven't taken and gone after your opponent, you know, and there's a lot of things that if someone wanted to, they could go after him. I mean, folks, you may not know, but Judge Dan McCaffrey was the brother of, uh, or is the brother, a former Pennsylvania Supreme Court, Seamus McCaffrey. Seamus resigned from the Supreme Court when he was caught in the Porngate uh, scandal under former uh, Attorney General Kathleen Kane, who ended up losing, having to resign herself. But during that race, or during that scandal, it was found that a number of folks were sharing misogynist, sexist, racist emails amongst each other. Some of them were sent to Judge McCaffrey. And what was his response? It wasn't, you know, this is shameful. Stop. It was, please, don't send these to my official email address. Send them to my personal address. Here it is. Folks, is that who we want sitting on the high court? You know? I mean, again, uh, you know, I want to thank you for not, you know, getting in the gutter like these folks. But uh, there's plenty there if someone wanted to do it. And, you know, right now he's out there supported by folks who seem to support that as well. I mean, the Trial Lawyers Association, they have no problem at all with any of that. You know, he's backed by many of the unions, and I imagine that Johnny Dock or those folks still have that influence. Planned Parenthood, oh, they're all over it. They're taking and supporting him as well. And and there's a mouthpiece propagandist out there, used to work for Tom Wolf, J.J. Abbott, who's mm-hmm. all over Twitter, you know, claiming that you're going to take away you know, abortion rights and things like this, when that stuff couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, you know, if I, if I were king for a day, or I had three wishes, you know, I don't know if they'd be personal. One might be truth and political advertising, you know? I mean, it's just... Three it's, wishes? It's, no, Sam. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that, that's not one of them. No? <laughs> Come on, John, that'll leave two no. others for me, but... Just hey. for this race. <laughs> but folks, I mean, it, th- th- this is critical. So, Carolyn, thank, thank you for comporting yourself in a dignified yeah. manner, even if your opponents uh, can't do the same. So, I appreciate wh- what that, are your plans Sam. for the next six weeks? I'm working as hard as I have been the entire summer. I have been restless. I am working. I've been in all 67 counties. I plan on doing that. Uh, as I'm going to continue doing that. I'm making sure that everybody I meet understands that I'm going to follow the law. The, the, my opponents are making this a one-issue campaign. And the issue they have chosen isn't even relevant for the seat I'm seeking. The reality is it's not going to become an issue Mm -hmm. there. But that's the only thing they have to rely on. So I'm going to make sure I get my message out. I'm going to be back in Allegheny County several more times before the race itself. I am from the southeast part of the Commonwealth. So it's, it's a drive. But I enjoy getting out here. I love the people out here. And I know that the people in this, certainly in this listening area, are going to help me get up onto the Supreme Court and bring some balance onto that court. Well, speaking of that, if someone wanted to help your campaign, how would they go about signing up to volunteer or to donate money? Where would they go? So go to my website. It's at it's uh, at judgecarluccio.com. We also have s- social media. We have Twitter, at formerly X. We have Facebook, and we have Instagram. So please come join us. Let us know you're interested, and we can use all the help we can get. Finally, it's the grassroots that we need. We need you going out and telling 10 people each of your listeners, please tell 10 people how important this race is. Tell them that I am not special interest bought and that I'm going to follow the law. That's what's important here. Get them to vote. Help them fill out a mail-in ballot, whatever it is it takes to get their vote in there and get it to count. Now, listen, Carolyn, I'd like you to go back 
and and you talked about the website there. I'd like you to spell it out for our folks because while our listeners are educated, and I'm confident they know how to find it, all right? If this were to be shared with someone who's not, I want them to be able to find you because I want everyone that's interested in this race to be able to help you. So So it's Carluccio. So it's J-U-D-G-E, Judge Carluccio, C-A-R-L-U-C-C-I-O.com. There you go, folks. You heard it, judgecarluccio.com. That's easy. Now, Carolyn and I, we have a, you know, something in common because we're both uh, from mixed families. (laughs) You know, that's uh, (laughs) Irish and Italian. Best combination. (laughs) Yes, there you go. So both our names end in in vowels. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Uh, Yes. But, uh, yeah, so my, my, my mother's main name was Quinlan. Father's name is DeMarco, and mm-hmm. and you? My mother is a Smythe, S-M-Y-T-H, <laughs> and my father's actually Tornetta is my maiden name, okay. and my married name is Carluccio. So if you need a few more vowels, it's Carolyn Tornetta <laughs> Carluccio. <laughs> hey, boy, you know, w- w- what's the show uh, with uh, Vanna White? Uh, Will of Fortune. Will of Fortune, right. Boy, we'd be great on Will of Fortune. <laughs> right. We'd bring our own vowels with us. How many vowels you know? do you want? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Sam, I think it's important because I think that our backgrounds inform so much about who we are, and we do share that, and I think we're some pretty good people here. No, we absolutely are, okay? And I can tell from having gotten to know you over the past year plus, okay, that you're in it for the right reasons. I'd like to think that I am as well, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't expect everyone to agree with me. I'm far from perfect. And, you know, I tell people that uh, even though I have a size 13 foot, that I inevitably, because I speak so much, find a way to stick it in my mouth at least once a day, okay? And I want to thank everyone, all of our listeners, for their forgiveness, you know, and overlooking that on occasion, as well as all of my constituents as a member of Allegheny County Council. But folks, these races are important, and that's why, you know, we need to elect the right people, and that's why we have this show, so that I can allow folks who we believe are the right people to reach you and allow you to hear from them. So, you know, I can't speak more highly of Judge Carluccio and her fellow candidates for the appellate courts. Judge Harry Smale from Westmoreland County, who's running for Pennsylvania Superior Court. Maria Batista from Clarion County, who's running for Pennsylvania Supreme Court, or excuse me, Pennsylvania Superior Court. And... And Maria has local connections. I mean, her son was a football player at Pitt. So she spent a lot of time here. And, uh, you and know, we want to help two. her. vote for two. Make sure you vote for two. Right. Both you, right. candidates. On the ballot, it says vote for not more than mm-hmm. two. But it means you need to vote or you should vote for two. So please check off both Harry Smale and Maria Batista when you vote for the candidates for Pennsylvania Superior Court. And then Megan Martin running for Commonwealth Court. Talk about energy. I mean, you know, John, if we could, like, you know, plug her in, you know, she could power up, you know, a small neighborhood, yeah. right? But the energy that she brings, she traveled in the primary to all 67 counties. She's close to hitting them, the 67 counties, again in the general here. And I was kidding her that if this didn't work out, you know, she could write a travel log, you know, about Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Maybe, maybe Josh Shapiro could find, like, uh, make her the Secretary of Transportation or Travel, Secretary of Travel here. Within the or tourism within the Commonwealth, right? Because she's seen it all. So, so folks, it's important that we elect these people, and we do so on November seventh. So, Carolyn, you know, tell us a little about. Give the folks sort of a human interest piece. Explain to the folks a little bit about what you've learned 
as you've been traveling the Commonwealth and the 67 counties in it during this campaign. So we've talked to so many people, and it really is interesting that there is a common thread there. I've learned that the people in this Commonwealth are hardworking, they're good people, they believe in justice, they believe in fairness, they believe in family and country. And they are such important elements that we do share. I'm amazed that this has, it doesn't matter what, what whether you're from the urban area or a rural area or suburban area, they all want judges that understand their role in this government. They all want judges that are gonna follow the law. People uniformly are offended when a judge is an activist judge. Mm-hmm. I have found that so often. And I'm proud to see that they do understand the three branches of government. It's something that we've lost, I think, over time. But most people have become engaged. They're starting to learn about the judges. They're starting to really understand the importance of the judges in their lives. And so I'm proud of that for our Commonwealth because people are starting to pay attention. Well, I'm glad to hear that because so often folks like myself who are, I guess you would say, plugged in, you know, we hear this every day. So we sort of live it, right? But so many of our fellow citizens who are out there, and they're—I mean—they're—they're they're working, ra- making a living. You know, they're raising a family. You know, they're—they're—they're—you they're, know, care to caring for their parents, you know, or for their children. Okay, and so they don't understand, or they're not as tuned in as we are. They're not—you know—receiving the information we have, or having had the ability to, uh, you know, to, to to read it or watch it. So you wonder, you know, what they're thinking. But these are the sorts of comments that give us faith that, you know, we're not in decline, but we're in a temporary holding pattern, so to speak, until we can right this ship. And one thing I forgot about, Sam, if you don't mind, I'm going to add no, this no, in, no. is the first segment of your show talking about public safety. That is a, a resonant issue that people do care about. They are concerned about it. They don't want these problems they're hearing about in Philadelphia to come into their communities. Um, and, and Allegheny County's got the same issue in Pittsburgh. Well, this is what terrifies me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't talk about it in the first segment there, but <clears throat> you look at what's happening in Center City in Philadelphia. These juveniles are out just looting, you know, these stores and things like that. If that were to happen in Allegheny County, we don't have any place to send them. That's a very good point. Okay. Very valid I mean, point. If, if they were to figure that out, we would have some problems, you know? And, and you know, again... You have too many people out there that are apologizing for them. You have folks out there. The uh, county controller, Corey O'Connor, his office released a report yesterday, and he certainly didn't write it because he has no knowledge or expertise in this area. It was on the Rio Negro Schumann Center that they did a, an audit or study. Uh, it basically, it was the progressive pablum you get from these groups opposed to any type of incarceration. It was a recitation of that, you know, and I believe it was designed to give a crutch to the folks who don't want a juvenile detention center to reopen here in this area. And look, you know, you'll hear these folks claim incarceration doesn't work. I differ. (laughs) You know, I can tell you that their ideas don't work because all we have to do is turn on the national news broadcast and see what's playing out across the country. Again, look, you know, I believe in progress as far as always looking to improve and do things better than we're doing them today. But that doesn't mean you stop doing things today that can protect the safety of the citizens you represent while you search for these other things. 
Look, I listened to you talk about your president judge here, and she I know her. She's innovative. She's creative. She's out there. And my heart goes out to her because ultimately, as the president judge in my county, I understand that falls on us. And I'm very lucky in Montgomery County. We have a very robust juvenile facility that's very successful. It's doing well. The children are doing well there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't have these issues. But we do take in you know, juveniles from other counties for this exact same reason. Judge, I, I can't tell you. Uh, Judge Clark is respected by many. Yes, she here. is. I can't tell you how disgracefully she was treated on Tuesday night by members of council. She was there giving testimony and trying to explain. And you typically have a three-minute timer for the public speakers. Yes. Now, never, never in the past have you interrupted elected officials who were there to make a point or judges. And she's there trying to explain why this is needed. Bethany Hallam is leaning over to Pat Katina, the council president, telling him to cut her off, cut her off, cut her off. He's interrupting the judge, telling her, judge, can you please finish? Judge, can you please finish? I'm sorry. Uh, I got to treat you like everybody else, right? Then they have other speakers while the judge is sitting there getting up and saying that the court and the judge, the judge is corrupt, okay? Bethany Hallam the next day is quoted in the newspaper as saying that the judge, the courts conspired with the county executive to open this up. And this is a woman that's in law school. She's going to Duquesne Law School and wants to be an attorney. You know, I hope when the bar reviews whether to take and grant that person a license, you know, to practice law in this state, that they take into consideration how she's treated sitting judges in the straight. And, and you don't know this, but a couple months ago, you know, I tried to have her censured because she called another judge, sitting judge, Elliot Housie, she called him a prick at a jail oversight board meeting. And then when he said, what did you say? She said, she repeated, doubled down. She said, I called you a prick. It's the, it's the best thing I could think of at this time. You know, I mean, this yeah. is, this is folks, there, there, we're, there's a loss of decorum here. Uh, I mean, it's just di- complete disrespect. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I'm outraged. You know, I've calmed down a little bit, but I think you got, you got a little taste of it in the first segment. I mean, this this needs to stop, but it won't stop if we don't go out and vote. You know, these people, <clears throat> these far left progressives, they win in the primary election because turnout is usually low. And so a small but vocal minority can have an outsized influence and say, and that's what happens. The Democrat County executive candidate here in Allegheny County, you know, 62% of the Democrat voters in that primary cast a vote for someone else, 62%. But because of the number of folks that were in the race, she managed to squeak by with a plurality of 37% plus change. You know, I think he just said something really important. Mm-hmm. The small but vocal minority. I think it's about time Republicans become. That's, we are smaller. Let's get vocal and let's be that minority that can take over. Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think yeah. it was, I don't know if it was Richard Nixon. I remember that's the first time I heard the time silent majority. Mm-hmm. Okay. But really, and then Joe Rocky is running. You know, he's a true centrist, never been involved in politics, never run for anything before, okay? But aiming for the middle. But folks, it's you in the middle that need to take and come on and be heard. Because if you don't, we're going to be governed by folks on either extreme. You can't complain unless you're willing to get out there and cast your vote. That's what I've always believed, right? Mm-hmm. If, you know, if you don't vote, then I don't want to hear you complain, yep. okay? Yep. You know, so we always talk about the man in the arena. You know, that's the candidate, But folks, you need to support the man or woman that's in that arena 
and you can do so by getting out to vote. So I hope you do that on November 7th. Uh, You know, you heard from Judge Carolyn Carluccio here talking about her race. She told you where to go to be able to help her at judgecarluccio.com. If you want to learn more about our other candidates, you can go to allegheny.gop. And we have a tab there. It says election 2023. and shows all of our candidates, our statewide and our county candidates. So folks, you know, we're looking for your help, whether it be at the voting booth, which I urge you to do, or whether you would like to volunteer. We need folks to help make voter contacts in these last six weeks of the election to get this vote out. If you're willing to door knock, if you're willing to make phone calls, whatever it may be, you could sign up to volunteer again at Allegheny.gop. So you've just heard how you can help. Now I'm asking you for your help. So please, get involved, get engaged, because the safety of your families, the future of your children and grandchildren, you know, all depend on them. <clears throat> so John, you spoke earlier today where you read the comment from yeah. David. And again, it was the most words you said, I think, since we've had the show, okay? But you know, he wasn't the only one that gave us positive comments. Beverly Simsick from the North Hills yeah. had reached out and was very enthusiastic about the show. And it was like she had just accidentally discovered it you know, by going through the stations and she wanted more information on it. So Beverly, I want to thank you and let you know we appreciate you listening as well. And people can send us messages if they want to, I don't know, want us to talk about a certain topic or invite a certain guest on the show. They can obviously contact us through our website at Allegheny.gop. That's a great idea. If folks would like to hear from someone in particular, please let us know. And we'll also read your comments on, online too, as long as they're appropriate. It, hey, this is a new this is a, uh, this is a new segment. This is like the Y block. You know what I mean, John? The great great idea. Yeah, we can read some, well some of the comments. Some yeah, folks, I got to tell you, you know, some of the others have been I've been <laughs> called everything but you know, <laughs> but my name. Okay, but hey, that comes with the territory. You're in good company. Sam. Yeah, there you go. Hey, <laughs> hey, we're trying to represent the people. Yeah. And do the best we can. We're doing the we're doing the right thing every time. And that's all that matters. I'd like to think so. Mm-hmm. So, folks, you know, as I share almost every week, time flies so fast when you're having fun. We're out of time, so we're gonna have to sign off. Until next time, Judge Coluccio. Uh folks, you're, this is the Elephant in the Room on WJAS thirteen twenty AM ninety nine point one FM Talk. This is your host Sam Demarco. See you next week. Thanks. <laughs>